It's your boy, the one and only Tommy D, the one and only nonprofit sector connector. That's right. That long, dramatic pause lets you know to lean in and listen and pay attention. The nonprofit sector connector. What does that mean? It's all about bringing people together. I got to be honest, I try to never have meetings before I do the show, but I did run out to a meeting this morning for the Rotary Club locally here because they asked me to be there. And they said, Tommy D, we know you do a lot of service work. We'd love for you to come to the Rotary Club meeting. And because it was three tenths of a mile from the attic, I made the meeting and then came back and now I'm doing a live show and I'm fired up. It is like basketball month here. Listen, it is January. You know, basketball's going on. I got my my one son about to start some CYO ball, the younger guy. My older son already playing CYO and middle school ball. In fact, I think middle school might be done today. It's like his last middle school game already. And then I, obviously we know the college game starts to heat up. The NBA is going, man. I was I, I had Haran H2O Hargrave on the show last week from Balling for Peace, who, you know, I my my new friend Chris Noel, who's here on the show. He Chris met me out there. It turns out it was Springfield Gardens High School, which is where Chris went to high school, man. So my worlds just keep coming together. I met a guy named Zoe, CEO Zoe from T3I Sports. He's coming on the show next week. He's bringing Gary Forbes from the Gary Forbes Foundation. Sometimes things just happen that way, man. You know, I didn't plan that the whole month would be dedicated to basketball, but I, I think it might be, uh, I think we might go four for four on basketball. I don't know. All four Fridays we're going to see, but we're definitely going to have three in, a, three in a row. Right, Chris? I mean, it's basketball season, baby. What's going on? Let's let's do it. I mean, yeah. I tell you, I did a tour of the JCC, the um, the Jewish Community Center, not too far from where I am, and they they got two nice gyms there. And I'm going. I just turned 46. I haven't played ball in a long time, but I'm thinking I got it. I mean, I play ball in the in the driveway with my sons and their friends in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Um, sure. When you're the dad, you know, although my my older guy's starting to get big and he's getting a bit of a tough attitude, you know, he wants to he started wants to be pushy, wants to push a little bit. And I said, oh, all right, son, be careful with me. But the thing about it is, I always loved playing basketball. I grew up playing CYO ball. When I got to uh, the Chaminade High School, all boys Catholic school out here on Long Island, well known for academics, but also well known for athletics. My uh, my athletic career sort of ended in the uh, in the eighth grade because the ninth grade I was done. I was kind of fresh out. I <laughs> I was not going to make the team, but uh, but I will say with, without really getting too deep into you know my lack of ability, I, what I'm thinking is I want to play more. I want to play ball again. I want to start doing it. And you know I know guys who played for many many years and talk about ability. We're going to talk about ability today. You know, if you know me as the nonprofit sector connector, gang, you know how connected I am to the population and the community of individuals living with intellectual developmental disabilities. You know, I'm on the board of Horse Ability out here in Long Island. I'm on the board of the Spirit of Huntington Arts Center, where we have the Artworks program that individuals, neurodiverse individuals, do uh, learn to learn to and really excel at their abilities from a creative perspective, doing website design, all that stuff. Shout out to Viscardi, which I think some of us here on this call have in common, in, in connection here. My friend Lauren Marzo, my Cap, Mike Caprera out there with the IT. He's been on my shows doing different things. And uh, John Kemp before him, and now Dr. Chris Rosa, who I think we all have in common too. So somebody texted me last night about the Spirit of Huntington uh, event that's coming up. And... Um, said, hey, Tommy D, we know you know Dr. Rosa. Do you think you can reach out to him and see if he can come as a guest to the upcoming gala for Spirit of Huntington Arts Center? So it's just like that's what a nonprofit sector connector is all about. Nonstop, always moving, always making connections, always building relationships. And we're going to tell some stories today. And that's what this program is all about. Right around the 150th episode mark, and I tell you this all the time, gang, it's not about me. It's not to brag on me. But I was talking about this show for two years before I ever started this show. So I encourage you, if you're thinking about something, don't talk about it for two years. Do it. See if it works. Fix it if it's not what you wanted and tweak it and make it better. But don't just sit around talking about things because life moves fast, man. So let's get that going. Let's jump in. How, what do we do here, Tommy D? Well, that's an interesting question, Tommy. Let me answer that. We help nonprofit organizations tell their story and amplify their message. And it's funny how things happen. Chris Noel, I'll never forget it. I was telling this story the other day, how we met. I'm up in Harlem, Philanthropy Sports uh, Network, a nonprofit organization focused on, uh, excuse me, Sports Philanthropy Network. They were having an event up in Harlem. And I was just on my way to the restroom. I saw you over there. And I said, hey, sir, are you waiting for the restroom? And, you know, then we started chatting it up. And I think I let three or four people go in front of me in the restroom line because I wanted to be friends with you. And I wanted to connect with you. And 
I said, uh, I mentioned my cousin who, uh, you know, she went to Viscardi. She has spina bifida. And I said, I, I met the, the wheelchair basketball coach at, at um, you know, at Viscardi, at the Viscardi school. So, look, this is not going to be about me talking. Ryan Martin is here. Chris Noel is here. We're going to get into it right now. But I thought what we could do real quick. First of all, let me say good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Morning. Good. Morning, Ryan. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm psyched to have you, man. I'm psyched to have you both. I mean, we only spoke one time this week, but, you know, Chris and I became friends. I hope you and I become friends in any way I can add uh, add some value, make an impact is what I'm all about. So, guys, I want to jump in. Chris, why don't you, since you introduced Ryan and I just earlier this week, can you introduce yourself? Kind of 60 seconds on your background and then your connection to Ryan. And then let's really get into the meat of the of the subject matter here today. And we'll talk about that. So, Chris, Chris Noel, take it away. Well, good morning, and thank you, Tommy, and it was great meeting you, uh, and it was great inviting me to my alma mater for that uh, partnership, for, uh, the uh, All In For Peace All in for Peace program, because yeah. uh, that was the court I used to play on. That's great. So it was great to see how we, re- you know, modify, you know, uh, redid it. Yeah. Uh, so it's a nice, it's a nicer court, obviously, thanks to the Anthony Mason Foundation, who played at our school. Right uh, Anthony Mason, as you know, is a former New York Nick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my name is Chris Noel. Uh, I'm the head coach of the New York Rolling Theory prep team, uh, which is great. We have a prep and a varsity team. Our varsity team is coached by uh, Chris Bacon. And what we do is we get young kids who might have never even played a sport before and teach them about basketball. You know, we think that's a great starter sport because really all you need is a hoop and a basketball, right? Mm -hmm. And we try to make sure that they get a lot of travel training by going on a lot of road trips to play against other teams in different towns, different cities across the country. Uh, and we're looking good this season. Both our, our prep and varsity teams have good records. And, you know, we're going to uh, Atlanta first week of February. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, I would say with Ryan, uh, me and Ryan, though, obviously we run in the same circles. Uh, I was a former uh, rolling Nick. He's a, a current rolling Nick. And he also is the head uh, at CUNY doing wheelchair basketball. So me and Ryan have bumped into each other for many years, uh, various programs and various events. You know, as they say, the disability community is very big, but it's very small when you really get down to it. Uh, So I've known this guy for many years and we've always been able to help each other out when we can. And if, you know, because I work for New York City Parks. You know, if he ever needs something, uh, you know, he'll ask on me. If I ever need something from him, I'll ask him. So he's a great guy. And that's why when we had talked about coming on the show, I definitely said, hey, mm-hmm. let's bring Ryan Martin on. Because, sure, the Rolling Fury, we're always looking for sponsors, donors, you know, to help the young kids. But we're like the pipeline, right, to get them eventually to go to college. And that's where it comes to Ryan. And obviously, they need funding, too, just like a lot of uh, college programs out there especially concerning wheelchair basketball, which might not get the the hoopla, like, you know, the NCAA team, men teams, right, for uh, stand-up basketball. But wheelchair basketball is a – it's slowly becoming very popular uh, because of social media, because of all of these venues it has to be projected to people. And I think people are picking up on it as well as a number of other colleges who are saying, hey, let's start a D1 program. Let's start a D2 program. Let's start a D3. Anything to get wheelchair basketball that makes the university look good. Yep. So yeah. I'm going to be a part of the pipeline that eventually leads uh, kids to college. And I'm sure Coach Bacon is as well. I love that. And we're going to talk a lot about that word pipeline. You brought it up right before we got started here today. And I love that because I could see it visually. You know, I, I see, you know, these young people getting their skills set up, getting their game on, and then not just, hey, I'm going to do this as, you know, it's a fun thing to do. You know, it's something I can do to to stay healthy, stay, you know, get, get some energy going and have a good time. No, not only that, because Chris, you and I have been talking about this. There's scholarship dollars out there, man. There's money to, to you know, just like uh, other sports, you know, that uh, that are in the NCAA world. That are in the college world. So, Ryan Martin, if you could, can you pick it up from there and let me know a little bit about kind of your vision, your vision, your background, and then we're going to jump in, tell stories, and ask questions and things like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for uh, joining me and Chris, or thank you for having me. Excuse me and Chris. Thank you for the invite to jump on with you. This is a this is a cool opportunity. So, um, currently, I'm the director for CUNY's Inclusive and Adaptive 
championship sports program. Um, we are in year three of the program, and we're one of a handful of universities across the country that have um, adaptive sports programs. Just from a collegiate perspective, there is um, the NCAA, which is the governing body for able-bodied sports, does not recognize adaptive sports, right? So the the landscape is very similar to um, women's sports pre-Title IX, right? It's a lot of grassroots, a lot of nonprofit work to uh, build it up and find it find a suitable home for it within the, you know, the walls of academia and, and various departments, right? So we are in earnest working to provide a more robust program for the critical mass of students with disabilities at CUNY, um, you know, which is, you know, depending on which data source I pull from is, you know, several thousand students across the CUNY system with mobility disabilities. And so that generally um, is our adaptive sports population. And so trying to grow something in the city and provide that opportunity for, you know, student athletes to continue their degree. And, you know, long-term, like we want to have a really competitive program and we want to be up there with the best. But I think ultimately what really gets me excited is a student using adaptive sports or wheelchair basketball as a vehicle to do something more, right? You know, when I look at the metrics of how we judge our program and what I'm doing from a year to year perspective, I look at, you know, what's our graduation rate? What's our GPA? What, you know, how are these kids transitioning to an employment space? You know, I think the last thing, you know, I want our program to do is really create great adaptive sports athletes, you know, because there is no financial windfall, right? They're all going to need a job, you know, the NCA um, adage where they say, you know, all of our athletes are going to be professional and something aside from their sport. Right. And I think that that holds very true in the um, in the adaptive sports realm, as there's very few opportunities to professionalize yourself at that point. And so I'd rather our athletes, you know, be part of that minuscule population within the disabled community that are gainfully employed and able to kind of take care of, you know, their long term needs and their quality of life. And so I think from a university perspective, yes, we want to be competitive and all of those sort of things. But I judge myself on our students meeting those transitional goals from an academic perspective and like long term from a quality of life. Because I think, you know, Chris and I would both agree, you know, why we would love to just talk about basketball on the podcast within the disabled community. There's larger issues that generally don't get brought out to the forefront of, you know, the the national conversation is challenges because it stays siloed within the disabled community. I absolutely love. And again, Ryan, we don't know each other. So you don't know the connections and relationships I have. And my, I, I shouted out spirit of Huntington art center early on in the program today, but you know, it is an absolute travesty and, and a tragedy. I'd say the, the uh, unemployment in the, um, uh, you know, the disabled, or as we say, intellectually developmentally disabled population. I mean, the numbers are staggering and I argue all the time on this show, and, and in other parts of my life, that it is not an ability issue. It is an accessibility issue. It is a focus issue. It is an availability issue for individuals. I, I think, you know, plenty of folks that I know that have a quote-unquote disability have incredible abilities, man. And I always say, kind of tongue-in-cheek, I say, I'm not personally not very good at many, many, many things. So I focus on the two or three things I'm really frigging good at. And if we did that in everybody's scenario and focused on what are your abilities? What, where do you want to be? Where can you excel? Where, where, you know, and then there are those accommodations and accessibilities added on for individuals. Again, I have ADHD, man. I, I, I really, I didn't know I had it my whole life. I learned last, last year and a half that I have it and I'm doing what I do in my world. Um, so there are, I think, if if we're focused on my inabilities or anybody's inabilities, then nobody's going to do anything. And I, I don't want to, you know, say I understand it completely. But to Ryan, to your point, yeah, we're going to talk about wheelchair basketball, but talk about it as a vehicle for people to be professional in other aspects of their life. And whatever you mentioned, the word gainfully employed, you talked about careers. Let's be honest, even guys who play stand-up basketball, as you said, Chris, most people aren't making it to the NBA. Most people aren't playing even in an international level. Most guys are not, guys and gals are not going to play on that professional tier. So what are you really going to do? Right. I think that's some of what you're talking about too, Ryan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think when you look at the disability space, I think you've got, you know, there there's the, the issue in the employment space there, it's a nuanced conversation, but I think a couple of the really large barriers is, you know, governmental policy, 
you know, with like work to worry bills and different things like that, that come from states. And I also think you have a stigma out there, you know, as much as we are DE&I focused and hyper conscious about employment of, you know, diverse perspectives, you know, to the workplace, that's not happening as much as we would like to think it is. You know, I mean, every couple of months, like your employers are going to say, hey, we're doing this. And they'll highlight that one diverse candidate that they have. But is it happening from a systematic level? And I think there's you know, I think there's policy from government perspective that's making this a really hard issue. And then also there's stigma from the employment space. But I mean, my role at CUNY and like my team at CUNY, we're focused on making sure that you have the tools to be competitive in that, um, you know, in that hyper competitive employment market. And I think, you know, there's a lot of data out of the University of Houston from Dr. Cottingham on the value of individuals with disabilities participating in adaptive sports and their likelihood for successful employment and transition through higher ed. And so, you know, I know what Chris Noel and uh, Coach Bacon are doing through the Fury is just kind of starting that process and instilling that value of like, hey, basketball can take you so far. But, you know, um, Coach Noel and I always talk about like, hey, can we put in the right pieces, right? Like you didn't make that shot, but did you do your homework? Right. Yeah, and it seems sure. trivial, but like, you know, long term, that's, you know, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. 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 And, and, Chris, please. And I would say, even if uh, for our team, like, you know, I coach the prep, which is usually 13 and under. And even if you ask the parents, we have team meetings. I'm quizzing them on words that I'm saying and math problems. Cause it's me and Ryan, like we talked about one time, hey, if we could get a kid to college, right, and not even playing wheelchair basketball, but, you know, doing it through his youth to do something through high school and everything, that's a win. Sure. It's not like we're saying wheelchair basketball is the only way for kids with disabilities to get into college. It's just about a vehicle to keep them doing something, keep them active, right? And then also keep them in their books. But the main thing is getting kids to college, as Ryan mentioned, so that they could get a job after college or feel like they're contributing somewhat, you know, and not just like saying, okay, well, you know, I'm disabled, so I'm not supposed to achieve much. Like, no, you're a human being living in America where we have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of great things, yeah. you know, if given the opportunity. So we, uh, on a rolling fury level, we push our kids to say, hey, basketball is a great vehicle to get you there. But hey, are you, how are you doing in class? You know, how are you, uh, do, how are your grades looking? You know, and, and the great thing about wheelchair basketball, especially for uh, the tournaments we go to, they give awards away uh, for kids that are doing great scholastically. So it's, both, so it's both, we're, we're going to go a quick break, Chris. So I'm just jumping sure, in sure. a second. So it's not, so we're, we are as an organization, you're both your organizations, you know, focused on the academics, and the athletics, right? It's it's together in tandem, right? So I want to dive more into that. We'll, we'll hear a little bit about upcoming tournaments. I want to come out and see you guys when you're playing. Nice. You know, I have I have a contingent of my network down in in the Atlanta area, so I might push some folks to uh, to get out and see those games in that tournament. We do have to take. We're like five minutes over break, Tommy D. Be quiet and go to break, Tommy. Please. Okay, we'll do it. We'll be right back. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All the static. Join Tommy in his attic. We're over time, so let's. Get, we are over time in this first break. I I didn't take the break on time. Shame on me. But guess what? It's my show. I do what I want. All right, let's get right back at it, Chris and Ryan. I just want to give a couple of accolades. You know, Ryan uh, attended Southwest Minnesota University on a wheelchair basketball scholarship. He's recognized a 2022 College Coach of the Year by the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And this program that we started to talk about, the CUNY Adaptive Sports Program, is in year three right now. So we're going to dive into more of that. I have a feeling this will be one of the episodes where we run out of time way before we run out of things to say. So what it means to me is, guys, I'd love to have you come back on the show at some point. we got 40 minutes left, but I'm just feeling it already. I already know it. And, you know, Chris Noel graduated from Eisenberg School of Management at the University of Massachusetts Amherst in 1998. And after sustaining a life-altering injury in November of 2003, he entered the new world of paraplegia and has become an advocate in so many different ways. And, you know, whether it be volunteering at the Harlem Independent Living Center as a spinal cord injury advocate and peer mentor, which led him to other work in the space. And, you know, Chris, I mean, it comes down to it is, you know, there's there's life after an injury like this, and there's all this opportunity. And, you know, I, I'm always very careful about speaking like from somebody else's perspective because I can. I can only speak from my perspective. What I what I'm going to ask you though is, it's a mindset in 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 many cases in our life. It's a mindset issue of what we do next after anything that happens, in well, us, right? Well, I was thankful uh, because, as you say, it's uh, after becoming disabled. You know, it's like starting your life over again, right? Because you have to learn a new set of rules. And I'd say the thing that got me to the level where, thank God I am gainfully employed, right? Uh, at this point after injury, it's not easy. But I would say someone that uh, got me to this point, I was at a Knicks game. Uh, actually, I was at Madison Square Garden. And that's when and one used to have the uh, the tours. They used to go on tours, and one tours, and they had it at the garden. Sure. So I was there with a couple of my college buddies because, you know, we always loved basketball. We played on after work uh, leagues, you know, here in the city. So we're like, oh, let's go to that. Now I'm disabled at this point, right? It's about a year and a half after my injury. So we're watching a game and a guy comes in a wheelchair and he says, hey, you play basketball? I'm like, yeah, I used to play basketball all the time. You see, I'm sitting tall in this wheelchair. He's like, no, have you played wheelchair basketball? I'm like, no, not yet. He's like, oh, well, I have a team. You could come down and practice with us. We practice in Harlem. I said, I live in Harlem. He's like, yeah, I'm on the west side of Harlem at a school. So I said, yeah. He said, you think you can hang with us, you know, oh, in terms of basketball? I said, that was a basketball. Like, I've run circles around you guys, even in this wheelchair. He's like, no, nah, don't say that yet till you get here. That guy was Dave Snowden, uh, who ran the New York Rolling Knicks for many years. Uh, and when I went down to that practice, those guys rolled circles around me easily. <laughs> I mean, they had Gary Fleming, who used to coach, Pete Schuyler, you know, Kevin Grant, who's still with the team. You know, uh, Michael Beebe, like these are, he's from Long Island, he had a lot of guys. But the thing about these guys were they were all professionals working. So even though they had disabilities, they all had families, they were all working. So for me at this point, I'm still on like say long-term disability from my publishing job that I had. But going to practice every day, seeing them come to practice in their cars and then going home to their families and everything. And I'm taking like a paratransit there and back. And I'm like, Wow, I feel like real, like you know. I need to learn from these guys. Well, it's inspiring, though, right? Like going, like, what am I doing, man? Like, maybe again, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but like, am I feeling bad for myself when I should be like going, being inspired by by these guys who who are running around doing real things or rolling around? I should say, but doing, making it happen, right? Like perception is reality, right? They're getting it done, right? Exactly. My first uh, tournament was to Vegas. They're like, hey, Chris, you've been practicing with us. You're ready to go on your first road trip. We got a jersey for you. You want to come with us? Wow. I'm like, yeah, where's the road trip? He's like, Vegas. Now, before when I was in publishing, I'm flying all around the country because I was doing advertising sales with a publishing company. 
so flying was nothing. That trip alone, just in terms of we talk about, you know, travel training for kids with disabilities, even for adults with disabilities, learning how to have to transfer to an aisle chair to get to your seat in the plane, knowing how to rent a car, right? Knowing when you get to the hotel to make sure you're reserving a room that's accessible, et cetera. Yeah. That was a learning experience. And I, I to till this day, and I saw him uh, a couple tournaments ago when we were in Charlotte, I saw Dave Stone and I thanked him again. You know, I was like, man, you don't know, but when you offered me that chance to come practice with you guys, what that did for my life, you sure. know, because I learned from guys that were doing it. So I want to, Ryan, I want to get you right back in this too. I, I mean, that to me, that sounds like, Chris, that's life-changing stuff. And that sounds what I think, what, from knowing you only a little bit, but that's like what you're trying to do for these young people as well. Of course. Right? Yes. Yeah. Ryan, I mean, you did you guys meet through the New York Rolling Knicks or you, you and Chris, like... Right, tell me about that, like how you guys originally connected. I uh, that's a great question, Tommy. I I'm not exactly sure. Like the the moment we met, I you know I think Chris said it at the at the jump here. Like the disabled community is, is kind of a um, I don't want to say a closed community, but like you know the people who are doing good things in the space, and you know you you tend to um, kind of rely on each other, especially in New York City, with a lot of barriers to you know, providing access to sport for individuals with disabilities. I think you, you know, I think if Chris and I compared notes of who we go to for, you know, said resources, it would probably be pretty similar. You know, he works for parks and me working for the university. And so I think it's, you know, I think both of us are really, you know, from our perspective, trying to tackle the issue of, you know, access with the hope of providing that sport opportunity to, you know, greater opportunities for this uh, specific population. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to understand. Um, I, look, I it was just kind of this is a bit of a joke. When I was, you know, I was talking to the, the wheelchair basketball coach one day at Biscardi, and he told me to come through and play one day. This hasn't happened yet. This is a few years ago, and he goes, "Tommy, this is not. We're not playing here, and we're playing ball, but we're not playing here." And you know, this, this these games that, especially at the adult level, I, I mean, these are men playing basketball. This is not a goof here. Right? This. It's not a showcase, guys, right? No. <laughs> and that's I remember the coach. Do you know the coach out of Viscardi? I can't think of yes. his name. Right Joe, now. I think uh Joe, I forget his yeah. last name. Yeah. Yeah. So so um that access piece, you know, I want to go back to that in a few minutes, Ryan. Um I figure we'll get um we'll do a quick break right now so we can get a full section at the next piece when we come back from the break. I want to understand, you know, Ryan, from your perspective when we come back, I really want to talk about your vision for what CUNY can do with this adaptive program. Because as you said, I mean, I read a little bit on on the intro here, how you were recognized. And you mentioned this piece about, you know, the NCAA um, does not really recognize, is not the governing body on adaptive sports. So I want to get more of a, we could, a vision from what you see and how you see the world. And, and really, ultimately, what always happens in this program, what happens in connecting with me is, how do we help, man? How do we help? Who do you want to meet? Who do you want to get with? I mean, like I, I'm very close friends with the CEO of the Queens Chamber of Commerce, Tom Gretsch. Tom Gretsch is wired in a lot of ways to to officials, political officials in the city. He, he I don't want to say he hangs out with the mayor all the time, but he knows the mayor. And what is that? Is that helpful, Ryan? We'll ask that when we come back. But it's who do you want to meet mm-hmm. relationship wise, connection wise? How do I get you guys plugged into my network? Not how to. I know how to. But who in my network do you want to plug into? And we'll talk more about that type of stuff when we come back. And I also always love talking about events. What do you have coming up, man? Where can people plug in? Where can people get access? I mean, you know, uh, so much of this world is about, hey, here's what we're doing. Come over here and see what we're doing. And if people aren't aware of what's going on, man, people just don't know. And that, I guess, really, when I boil down what this show really is about it's about educating people on how to plug in to the great nonprofit organizations and the great leaders who are doing this work. So if that's cool, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll dive more into uh, this, this really special work that you guys are doing. Right back, Philanthropy and Focus, right here. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Back. I swear to you all, it is the only radio show on the planet where they sing about some guy's attic. I'm telling you, I just, I can't. I don't know for a fact, but I know I'm pretty sure that that's true. All right, so let's talk about talk about the whole world, talk about the whole planet. Ryan Martin, why don't you talk a little bit about? I mean, you played professional professionally overseas. You have the the Ryan Martin Foundation, whose mission it is to help youth and adult athletes with disabilities live independent and passion productive and full lives so i i want you to we're going to play ryan's going to play first in this this episode of the uh of the day so ryan tell us about playing overseas and and your mission and then really i want to talk more about the vision as i said earlier from the cuny's perspective and your your work there yeah so the the opportunity to go overseas was obviously um a life-changing experience i got to play uh 10 years overseas eight years in spain and two in france and um it's very much uh you know kind of the basketball journey was probably very similar to you know women's basketball prior to having the WNBA, where you know the only opportunity to play professionally um was overseas and so that's a uh it's a great experience to see how they embrace adaptive sports as far as like, you know, you, uh, Tommy, I'm sure you've seen soccer games with the drums, the flags and the singing and like, you know, the fireworks and games, right? So it's 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 a really awesome environment where, you know, the contrast in the U.S. where, you know, maybe 10 people come watch a game and they're probably all, all family and friends, right? right. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a really cool environment to do that. And, uh, you know, you get to see the the hyper competitive side, you know, like if if you don't play well one week, you might not get the paycheck. Right. Yeah. And like, wow. you know, like I, for real, like, I, I joke, but yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's super cutthroat and all of that sort of stuff, but it was a tremendous opportunity to, you know, acquire other languages and, and just gain perspective and, and knowledge that you really can't get in a book, yeah. you know, living abroad. And so, you know, I encourage, you know, anybody who gets the chance to travel and especially if somebody's going to pay you to travel, that's always nice. But, um, just just an awesome experience to take back um but you know the the money isn't life-changing right you know so that's probably the message that i share with like the youth athletes that i work with that like hey you know get your degree and have that opportunity travel abroad make a little bit of money but like at some point you're gonna have to come back and you know focus on here and now and so you know do everything you can while you can you know to you know to get that experience and that you know that cert that degree that allows you to um transition successfully yeah, you know, it's interesting you, you compare it to the WNBA. I think in terms, you know, growing up here on Long Island, lacrosse, I didn't play lacrosse, but my my boys have played lacrosse. Some, actually, both my girls have played lacrosse. And um, I remember back in the day, the New York Saints used to play at the Coliseum. And it was a you know, indoor lacrosse league. And, and you know, I know, I again, lacrosse being as big as it is in parts of the country, those guys had to have real jobs. You know, they would play lacrosse on Friday night or whatever it was, but that wasn't their gig, man. It wasn't like playing in in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and and different things like that. I think back to the early, like in MLB, 
you know, guys had jobs like, you know, a hundred sure. years ago, right. You might've played ball, but you also like in the off season, you actually had to go do something now in the off season, these guys are probably in training camps and getting ready and getting ready for the upcoming season things. In fact, by the way, shout out to Queens. Let's go Mets. This might be the year, man, 2024. It's been a while. Let's go Mets. Um, so I want to, I want to go over to Chris and, and see Chris, you know, from the perspective of, as you network and connect with other people, it, you know, whether it be in the, in the disability community or, or not, um, getting the word out on these programs. I know this is important to you. And then I want to go back to Ryan and talk about the CUNY thing again, as I said. But Chris, from your perspective, you see this as a pipeline, what you guys are doing at New York Roll and Fury. And I'm sure there's other programs similar around the country. Um, talk to me about that as a networking opportunity, as a as a growth opportunity to, to create that pipeline. Because I know from talking, what's important to you is get these folks educated, get them in on track. Let's get them to college. Let's do whatever we can there. Mm-hmm. Well, I say for us, networking is any opportunity we get. And a lot of times it's through our parents. You know, the parents are the greatest network because a lot of times they know other families that have a child with a disability, you, you know, from going to various meetings or, you know, Zoom meetings regarding that disability. Uh, so our parents do a lot of networking and bring in a lot of kids, a lot of recruitment for us. And when they do come in, uh, that's the thing. They see what type of program we have and they stay because they're like, wow, we didn't know about this. We wish we would have known sooner. So the earlier we get a child, the better. Because like I say, once we put them in our system, you know, as we mentioned before, it's about giving them a lot of opportunities to do things that they didn't do before when they were at home, you know, a lot of opportunities to travel. But the main thing, and that's the mantra for our organization is to become, sure, become great competitors. I mean, we're in this to win, like even if it's an after work league or or whatever. Nobody wants to lose. We're playing ball, right? No one wants to lose. And trust me, when you lose, no, no disrespect to teams that you know, might not win, but our main thing is, no, we want to create winners because when you create winners, you give a child confidence. And when you give that child confidence, then they believe that, hey, I'm disabled, but, you know, they're going to school with a bunch of able-bodied kids. And they say, hey, you don't know how I just scored 16 points in this last tournament, had like eight assists, you know? They can talk about things like that, even if they're disabled. So that in terms of networking, because now the students are talking about them, the schools are interested. So the school might say, hey, come in and do a showcase for our teachers. Or And we've done that. We were out in Long Island at Glen Cove High School. Oh, that's right by my house. I didn't know. We did a showcase. Case, uh, it was a fundraiser showcase uh, where we had different uh, organizations from that school and locally uh, play against our kids in wheelchairs. Uh, and you know, it wasn't it was a, it was a slaughter, but I mean, it's expected, right? But it's and it's all for the fun. It's all for the money that they're donating and raising and the kids. But it's it's all about keeping them in that school mindset because, as we mentioned, bat, wheelchair basketball is a great way to get into college. But you could go to college on a wheelchair basketball scholarship and not finish your first year, yeah. you know? Right. So if you're not going there with a school focus, yeah, you know, you could just easily be back at home whether you're playing wheelchair basketball or not. So that's the main thing we tell our kids is like, hey, we want you to be good academically, you know, as well as athletically, of course, because, you know, we want to have competitors out there and we want to win. We want to win championship and bring it back home to New York, right? Yeah. But we also want them to become something. You know, not just a basketball player uh, for a kid with a disability, but like you're a scholar, like, you know, you're getting the top grades in your class uh, amongst a lot of kids that are non-disabled, you know? Yeah, Chris. I mean, I love all this because, you know, I think about resilience and I I think about it in my own home sometimes. And it's like, you know, somebody gets defeated on something and like, I got to go, whoa, whoa. I mean, I'm referring to my children, you know, I'm like, yo, let's go. So what? So it didn't freaking work. Okay. Let's, I mean, because. Otherwise, the thing is, um, yeah, well, then we just just get defeated and that's it. And that's the end of the story. No, let's freaking go. And I might have said other words, but let's go is the point. Like, you know, and what you're saying is, you know, no, we're not going to win every time. And, you know, I think. I feel like growing up, you know, sometimes failure is this thing like that's you failed that thing or you're. And I'm not going to be like cliche and say, you know, first attempt in learning, that's the acronym of failing, although I guess I did just be cliche by saying it. But the point about it is either I, what is it that they say, uh, you know, either I lose or I learn, right? Like I lost. Or, the point is like life is going to smack you around upside and down, left and right. It's like, what are you going to freaking do? Like, what are you going to do now? And the point is, you know, if somebody is playing wheelchair basketball and the team gets beat, 
Well, now what do we do next, guys? Well, we elevate, right? We work harder. We practice. Here's where we lost. You, that guy beat you over here, whatever it is. Well, guess what? That's just a lesson in life. Yeah, it's about the game. It's about the sport. It's, but it's also about what's going to happen when you don't get the interview, you don't get the job, you don't get the account if you're a sales professional, whether you're able-bodied, disabled. The point is, if you didn't win the business, well, what are we going to do differently next time? That's life. That's the whole thing. That's 80 years in a nutshell is like, Things are going to be difficult. You're going to have to decide if you want to overcome them. You move on. Things are going to, you're going to win. Then things are going to be difficult. That's life. That's how it works. Look at me. Just dropping knowledge. Ryan Martin, I want to talk to you about your foundation. Why did you want to create a nonprofit organization? What was it that you saw as an opportunity there? Yeah. So when I was, uh, when I was playing overseas, I got, um, I did a lot of public speaking and some, you know, probably the area where I did the most public speaking was, um, at basketball camps for kids with, you know, or non-disabled kids, right? And it was, I live in Connecticut. My summer home was in Connecticut um, when I lived overseas. And so it was a lot of the ex-UConn guys, you know, Kemba Walker, Ray Allen, all of that. And I would speak at their camps and I got tired of just seeing like, um, in no disrespect to either of those, uh, you know, either of my friends there, but like, I got tired of seeing like, the camp structure in that youth based opportunity for non-disabled kids. And I was like, well, why can't I do a camp? Right. I think I was like 25, 26 and had no idea about nonprofit liability, any of that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, it was kind of just to provide an access. And I actually started doing it in Madrid, Spain with a, um, because that's where I was living the majority of the time. And so we support a program, um, in collaboration with the Estudiantes, which is one of the ACB uh, basketball teams um, in the city. And then when I came back to Connecticut, it was kind of doing the same thing. And it was just trying to create opportunity and kind of pay it back. Right. You know, I think, um, you know, my journey through basketball, you know, it's, it's allowed me to get a couple of college degrees. It's allowed me to, you know, travel the world. It's allowed me to put a little bit of money in my pocket. And, you know, I, I owe a lot to this game. And so I think, you know, the foundation and then my role at CUNY has always just kind of been, how can I create systemic change for other individuals to have that same opportunity? And whether that is, you know, I I don't expect everybody to have the the same exact journey I've had, but I've also had the liberty to, you know, get my education and, and figure out life from there because I've had the resources. And so I think, you know, I think that's probably been always the catalyst and the driver and it's evolved as I've evolved as an individual. Chris Noel, thank you for introducing me to Ryan Martin, because I can't, um, I'm so thrilled to know you. Systemic change. We're talking about government policy. We're talking about, I say this, where's my mug? I have a coffee mug up here. Here it is. And it says, and this is tongue in cheek, guys, but it says, you know, no big deal. Just changing the world. Yeah, it is a big freaking deal. It is. That's what this show is about. It's about people who are a big deal because it's about people who are changing the world. And that's what we're here for, gang. It's like I said it before, you got 80 years. What are you going to do with it, man? What's your legacy? Why are people better off? Because you grace this planet with your presence. Right on, right on. That's what it is. Shout out to the New York Rolling Fury. They said, hey, guys, what's going on? Hello, New York Rolling Fury. They're checking in on YouTube. That's right, because you can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Facebook. You could watch us on Twitch. Now, look, I don't know much about Twitch, but I know both my sons are into Fortnite, and they're playing Fortnite like crazy. <laughs> As I understand it, there is a there's a guy, I think he's called Ninja, who makes like a million dollars a month playing video games. So whether you're going to play wheelchair basketball, whether you're going to play video games, look, figure out what you're passionate about and go freaking do that and try it out. And, you know, it's just funny. I remember growing up and my parents and I think guys were in a similar generation, you know, and were like, Don't, what are you doing playing video games all the time? Well, you can't say that all anymore when a guy's making a million bucks a month playing video games. Anyway, we're on Twitch. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. I can be reached at Tommy D dot nyc on instagram or at email tommy d at philanthropy and focus phocus.com all right in a minute or two we'll take a break and then guys what i want to do though is i want to i usually say leave it on the field but that's not appropriate today so i want to leave it on the court i want to leave everything on the court today before we leave i want to leave it all out there ryan martin chris noel whatever it is when we come back from a break that you want to say that we got to let people know obviously we're going to tell them where to go where to check out your organizations how to plug in how to support and upcoming events but i want to make sure when we come back that we we hit it hard and we leave everything out there. And then I promise you, if you ever want to come back, you're always welcome back. We could do the show again because what I see you doing when you talk about systemic change, and and Ryan, you mentioned earlier, you talked about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. I always feel if we don't 
you know, the thing about diversity, equity, inclusion, which I think in, in, in experience that I have in the world, sometimes we forget about people with different abilities and it's not a focus. So I, we, you know, we have the New York city imagine awards and the long Island imagine awards, and there's a category there, diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. And I took a class at, um, at the Institute for Nonprofit Practice, and it's diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is thrown in there. So there's a lot. And to me, it's about connecting with people. It's about love, compassion, and that relationship with people for us to find out what people need, meet them where they are, and give them what they need. But that's, you know, that stuff, that systemic change stuff. I mean, Ryan, we could talk three hours on just how, you, how you're working that and implementing that. And maybe one day we'll all come back and do that. So at this point, we are going to go to a quick break right now when we come back. I just want to, as I say, leave it on the court, guys. So think about it when we're while we're away, and then uh, we've got about nine or ten minutes to finish off the show. All right, this is Philanthropy in Focus. We will be right back. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on TalkRadio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to the hard skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host the program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Ding, 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 ding. This is like when you're watching a game show, folks, and they're running out of time. It's like Pat Sajak. I don't even know if Pat Sajak still does that show. Pat Sajak used to do the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune. But ding, 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 we're out of time. We're running out of time. This is the lightning round. All right, so on the lightning round, here's a couple things. I'm looking at the New York Rolling Fury website. And I say Rolling, but it's Rolling Fury. But nyrollingfury.org. Chris Noel is a coach of the prep team over there. And then I look at the Ryan Martin Foundation website, ryanmartinfoundation.org, all spelled out. So newyorkrollingfury.org and ryanmartinfoundation.org. Here's the thing, what I say. that Those logos look dope, really cool, and I think they'd look good on a hoodie. So if you already have them on a hoodie, I would like to purchase one hoodie in a size large for the nonprofit sector connector. We'll work it out after the show. If you don't have a hoodie, well, then we got to figure out, make a connection to some of the guys, one of the guys in my world who can make some hoodies. Anyway, let's you, you, Tommy. you got it. I'm all sorted out. Good. I love it. I love to represent. So, so Ryan and Chris, let's bring it home, baby. Let's do it. Let's talk about what's upcoming. Ryan Martin, you go first and Chris Noel. And we can, you know, Chris, if you want to mention even just kind of some of your day job, if we have some time on that, but we'll see. Sure, sure. But go ahead, Ryan, tell us what's upcoming for the organization. How can we help? Yeah, so uh, both of um, the programs that I kind of oversee, my uh, the nonprofit and then my university program are in the midst of the basketball season, right? So we're traveling, um, you know, predominantly pretty much nationally at this point uh, to finish out the season. And then in the summer months, you know, we kind of do, uh, you know, the golf tournament thing and then, the, you know, the summer camps and all of that that sort of stuff. So like we're kind of in the throes for that, I would say, you know, probably we do the best job on Instagram of like updating different opportunities to get involved and you know there's always the um there's always the donate button you know if people feel so inclined um and different things like that but i you know 
just to wrap it up, you know, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about, you know, kind of the, you know, what I think is my life's work and, you know, the passion that I have in this space to kind of give other people some of this opportunity and, you know, try to be a voice for the disabled community and bringing some of the, uh, the challenges that are very real challenges within the disabled community, you know, out into the mainstream. I think a lot of times, you know, when we look at, you know, access to adaptive sports or education and different things like that, I think, you know, that struggle and that plight kind of stays within the disabled community when, you know, as a nation, you know, we need to develop policy and practices and, you know, kind of create systemic ways to address that, right? You know, and, I, and I'll leave with this, Tommy, and I'll let Chris finish. I think, you know, I, you, you're going to have people who are listening to this and they're going to be like, well, that's, you know, that's a disabled community and like that doesn't impact us, right? But, you know, any one of us can be a member of that disabled community overnight. Um, you know, also in, you know, if you look at it, 15 to 20%, everybody's touched by disability too. And so I think the the importance is to realize that, you know, this is a, this is a larger issue that we kind of all need to address the access piece, the lack of education piece. And, you know, I think efforts to kind of improve things, you know, whether it's in a, you know, micro level or macro level, we just need to be intentional about that. Right. And I think a lot of times people talk about that, yeah. but I think, um, you know, the intentionality of developing good policy from a government level trickles down to what parks and recs and what the university is able to do to kind of support the disabled community. And I think, you know, from a grassroots perspective, I know there's always um, different organizations around the country that are, you know, struggling to kind of make that work, you know, and from a uh, perspective, uh, you know, you asked earlier, like, hey, you know, how can we help? I think, you know, that happens organically, you know, you put people, you know, in the right place to have, the, you know, honest conversation and, you know, that kind of happens. So I just want to thank you for the opportunity to join you guys on this call. And uh, I love the platform, love the podcast. And uh yeah that's my uh soapbox rant tommy well i right on man and i i just got it you know i just pulled up john camp who's a national international disability executive i knew him through his uh his leadership over at the biscardi center and he's at lakeshore foundation out uh down in birmingham I know john. you know john right i mean john is is like yeah. one of the, the key figures in this space and i bring up john just because one of the things john said is you know not everybody who's disabled was born disabled which means there's a there's this and certainly the older people get the longer we live different disabilities uh can affect people so i think just some of what you were just saying right there ryan reminded me of that commentary from from john and john i miss you by the way if you're listening i'm going to send you this so you so you hear um chris i want to hear from you again and and then uh and then we'll bring the show to a close and uh you know what though here's what i want to say nothing is an accident world things happen for a reason I needed to go use the restroom at the exact moment my friend Chris Noel was about to leave the venue that we were at together and he was right by the front door. And if that didn't happen, this doesn't happen. So peripherals wide, always be open to networking, always be open to relationships. You never know where these things are going to go. Back to my friend Chris Noel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, and follow up what you were saying. You got to think about it. I got injured at age 28, right? So, you know, 28 years, I didn't think I'd become disabled. There it is. Yeah. Right and on. we got to flip it, right? Yep. All right. What's next? Sense. What are we going to do next now? now? This is where we are now. Now what, right? Exactly. So that that's what it's about. And uh, to, to say, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't think like a lot of people that helped me out throughout the course, obviously my family, you know, and, and everyone I met uh, within the disability community and that I still uh, meet and, and chop it up with in the disability community. But the one thing is, and monies donated. You know, Ryan's uh, program through CUNY, obviously they're a not-for-profit arm. They need money. Yeah. Us as a not-for-profit, you know, a 501c3, a registered 501c3, you know, we need money, you know. So I would say, if anything, we've got to support these programs because if you have something like this in a New York City area, not even New York City, let's think about it big term, big time. Uh, in New York City, Upper Westchester County, Rockland County, Upstate, New Jersey, there's no other youth wheelchair basketball team or program. Really? Right? So you got to think within New York State and New Jersey, you know, there are tons of kids with disabilities. Yeah. Right? We got to get the word out and we got to keep programs like 
like the New York rolling theory, as well as with the CUNY program going. Because what we look at it as, hey, if a kid is doing academically well and want to play basketball, why not stay home and play basketball? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right on. Listen, so, CUNY, CUNY provides an incredible opportunity, incredible sure. education, right, with all the different colleges and in, in, in the system and, and at a hometown discount, as we like to say. But I mean, listen, yeah. I went to Baruch. I didn't finish at Baruch, but I know uh, that's one of the I don't have any regrets. One regret is that I didn't finish at Baruch, but I did finish at SUNY Old Westbury out here. And the SUNY system is a great system, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, at a I don't want to say at a discount because I feel like that's the wrong connotation. But you can pay a lot less to go to a SUNY or CUNY school and get a great education just as you could at other. And I, I'm, I think I'm speaking to my four kids right now, not just everybody else listening. You can stay home and go to CUNY and SUNY and save your old man a couple bucks. Um, so I, I just I'm taken by the opportunities that, that you guys bring by coming into my world today. I'm just taken by the fact that this is my mission, philanthropy and focus. This is what I'm supposed to be doing is helping you know bridge the gap, make the connection and do this important work. And I'm appreciative of you both. Take it away, Chris. Go ahead. Please, yeah, please visit our website. As he mentioned with Ryan Martin Foundation and the CUNY uh, Adaptive Sports uh, uh, at uh, their website, as well as the New York Rolling Fury, as well as our Facebook page. So hit me with the Rolling Facebook, Fury. Chris. New York Rolling Fury on Facebook. It, you know, Ryan, you said Instagram is, is big for the foundation. Is that also? Yes. Thank CUNY as well? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to do a lot more stuff together, guys. I want to come out. Let's do a thing. I don't know what the thing's going to be. We'll figure it out. I did one one last shout out because I think it would be good for you guys to know about and others listening. I founded an organization with some friends and partners called the Nonprofit Resource Hub, nonprofitresourcehub.org. It is just like it sounds like. It's an organization made up of individuals serving the nonprofit sector, businesses, vendors, different things like that. But we have like 300 nonprofit organizations that do not pay a fee but are members of that. So anyway... Put it out there for the world. I'm sure my buddy Mick Collins is sharing it on Facebook right now. Gentlemen, I really appreciate you. Make it a great day, everybody. Make it a great week, and I'll see you next week. Oh, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Appreciate sure. it, buddy. Make it a good one. Bye. Appreciate you, Tommy. Thanks, guys. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a 
high achieving growth oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.